Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Amen. Can we thank these guys for leading us in worship? And can we thank Hope and Ryan for blessing us with our Advent reading for today? Thank y'all very much. And thank y'all for being here this morning. Um, Welcome, if I don't know you, uh, my name is Jake and I'm the lead pastor here at The Vessel. And we're so grateful for you joining us during this Advent season. If you are new here or you haven't uh, engaged during Advent, we have some Advent calendars back here on this table, and we're trying to do everything we can to help engage with the Lord during a time and during a season that uh, a lot of the world turns their focus and hearts towards Jesus and their minds and their thoughts when they normally don't. Uh, I've been trying to um, make Jesus our focus during this time. And so we've got a few different ways to help you engage in that. And so we're, we're lighting an Advent wreath. So if you came from a really traditional church, my church growing up, we had an Advent wreath. And so um, I love lighting that and having each week us focus our hearts on the Lord in different ways uh, and through scripture reading of the Christmas season. This week we sang a lot of hymnals. Uh, when Shay and them, when they went to re- rehearsal practice this week, Shay broke out her old hymnal from First Baptist Orange, right? What was your, what was the pastor's name? Barry Bradley would be proud of you this, this week, Shay, for bringing your hymnal as they opened up and as they did uh, worship rehearsal this week. Uh, and so we've got a few other things. If you don't know, we're doing, one of our ministry partners is called Walking by Faith. It's a ministry that serves the homeless community uh, here in Austin, and they do, uh, they serve women and adults and people that are coming out of incarceration. And so one thing we're doing is a sock, hat, and mitten drive for them. And so that's gonna go on for a couple more weeks. So you see these boxes right here or the box when you came in. So the next two Sundays or any day during the week, if you're coming by the YMCA, you can bring socks and donate them. They need to be clean, new, unused socks. We don't want your holy, stinky socks. So you can drop them in that bin. It's the number one most needed and requested item for the homeless community as the, um, as the nights grow cold. Um, so that's one thing we're doing. Another thing we have is next week, next Saturday, December 11th, is Rad Christmas. Is anyone signed up for Rad Christmas? Yeah, you can give a woo. Yeah, thank you, Hope. Yeah, thank y'all for serving. If you're not signed up for Rad Christmas, there is still time, correct, Shay? Uh, there's still opportunity. So if you go to our website, vessel.church, uh, right there you can see Rad Christmas. Click on that. And it is a, Rad is a ministry that we serve and love the special needs community um, uh, in, our, in our community. So it's a way for us to provide respite and to tell the gospel story and the Jesus story to uh, children uh, who are differently abled. So I'm really excited. I promise you it will be the best thing that you do this Christmas season. Uh, so yeah, if you volunteer and serve, your kids come with you. And so yeah, it's the, the gear and focus is towards children who are differently abled. But if you serve, your children can come along with you and participate. It's kind of, it's like inclusion, but it's reverse inc- inclusion. The focus is on those who are differently abled. So yeah, thank you, Lindsay. And I know that our background check uh, is down this week. And so be looking for an email Monday as they get that fixed for you to do your background check for those who are served. Uh, the other thing we have is we have uh, a Christmas tree. I know this is uh, the opposite of an Advent wreath, a very traditional uh, 
Christian uh, practice, and this is very secular. But so kind of the way that we engage with our Christmas tree is that each week we're gonna kind of continue as a church to participate in this Christmas tree. So last week we put the Christmas tree up. This week we're gonna decorate our Christmas tree with lights. So y'all ready? This is all it takes. Like, there we go, done and done. So next week you get to participate more rather than watch me step on a button. Um, and you're gonna bring an ornament. So we're asking everyone to bring an ornament next week to decorate the tree. You're gonna put your ornament, we're gonna have a time during worship or after worship where you can come and put your ornament on the tree and decorate it. And yes, you will get that ornament back at some point. No, you should not bring your favorite ornament that your great-grandmother brought over and gave to you and that's so precious to you. That's not the one. But bring an ornament, anything you've got on there. It can be a picture of your family. Uh, and if you've got kids, uh, yeah, everyone in the family can bring one. So and we're gonna decorate our tree. And then on the last, uh, on the last Sunday of Advent, <clears throat> On the 19th, we're going to bring presents under the tree. So next week, we're going to set out what those gifts are going to be and, and what, how we're going to put gifts under the tree on that last day. And then the last thing we have, I know this is like a long extended commercial break before our message, but I want you to know what is going on and what we're doing during this season is on December 14th, we will have our Christmas Eve service at five o'clock and we're going to be doing it at, drum roll, no, the TBCH Chapel this year. So... We've done it there in the past, and then we had Christmas Eve here last year because they weren't available. And so the Texas Baptist Children's Home, who's right down the road, is going to um, allow us to be back in the chapel this year. And so it's at five o'clock. It's awesome. It is my favorite thing we get to do at Christmas. It's, it starts at five o'clock. I promise we'll be done in 45 minutes. Uh, we're gonna sing Christmas carols. We're going to tell the Christmas story. Invite your family, invite your neighbors, tell people to come. It's a great way on Christmas Eve just to honor the Lord. And, did I say the 13th? 14th, I'm sorry. The 24th is actually Christmas Eve. Thank you, Joe. So I appreciate that. See, that's why we have elders, just so when I make a mistake, they are there to correct me. So that's what we're doing. So uh, as, we, as Shay mentioned, we are um, entering into today talking about peace. And as we enter in, I want to pray, but there's a couple people I want to introduce you to in honor. So Ollie and Bree, would you guys come up here real quick? Y'all can welcome Ollie and Bree. Yeah. So Ollie and Bree and I, man, we go back, gosh, 12 hours ago we met. Ah. Yeah, so many memories of having shepherd's pie together and uh, tea and um, macaroons, tea and biscuits. Yeah, so, uh, so Ollie and Bree serve as missionaries and they live in London um, and they work with a ministry called Crew and they do really incredible work, really incredible work. I loved hearing your story in your heart last night for the gospel and for people to know and it's just cool stuff. They're, they're developing leaders in London and, and working with college students and, and reaching you know, the college age demographic and then, yeah. Yeah, church partnership. It's, it's wonderful what they're doing. And then uh, Bree is doing uh, kind of how to share the gospel orally, which I think I just loved hearing that. Like we, we think about, man, to put Bible in people's hands and what does it look like to give scripture and the truth of Christ to people. And if they don't have the, if they can't read, if they're not able to come and receive the gospel, how do you take the gospel to someone who's illiterate? It's about telling the story of the gospel. And it is such like a fresh and ancient, way of telling the truth about Jesus. It's like we read God's word and we have more access to it than ever before, but we think about 
And blessed are those who take, the, blessed are the feet of those who bring the gospel and the good news to people. And so they're going to underdeveloped country and people who aren't literate and bringing the gospel to them through stories and training people to tell the gospel as a story. And so it's just a really cool ministry that they're doing and it's really fresh. And so y'all can't leave afterwards. Y'all can hang out in the lobby right out here. And if y'all just want to Pray for them. If you want to ask them questions, if you want more information, they can tell you about the ministry they're doing and how you could partner with them or support them. So thank you all for last night and thank you all for joining us this morning for church. So, yeah, of course. Uh, no, no, you can't leave. I'm praying for you all. All right, let me pray for them and then we'll jump in. So uh, Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. God, we thank you. Um, God, the very words that Ryan already prayed, you have peace that surpasses all understanding. So we just ask, Lord, would we open your word God, and not just learn about peace, not know more about peace, God, but by your presence, God, right now in this place, will we experience your peace in our hearts and in our lives that you promise, God, that surpasses all understanding. God, I thank you for the ministry of Ollie and Bree. I pray for their time here, seeing family and being stateside, uh, that it's restful. God, and they're not resting from you, they're resting in you, Lord, and that your peace wells up inside of them. And as they go back out and as they hit the new year and the ground running, Lord, would you just give them a freshness of your presence in their life? Thank you for the ministry that they're doing. Thank you for those people around the world that they're reaching with the gospel who don't know the goodness of what you did for us on the cross. And I pray a blessing over them and thank you for them. We pray that you would speak to us and be with us during the sign. Pray these things in your name, amen. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, thank y'all. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, as Shay mentioned, if we've already discussed, peace is our focus this week as we open scripture. And so, um, you know how sometimes in our lives as we, as we're growing with the Lord, as we're engaging with God, God uses the circumstances of our lives to grow us in those opportunities. And it's not always fun. So it's like if you're, if you're praying to the Lord, you're saying, Lord, God, help me with patience. I need patience. What is the Lord probably going to do? He's gonna give you opportunities for you to exercise and learn patience. So be careful what you pray for. So this week, this was really real to me as I came into this week uh, and talking about peace, is that uh, just the, the season that we're in, the time in our lives, and, and, and just where Shay and I are with everything that's going on in our lives, I have not felt peace this week. And I've not felt peace for multiple weeks. Kevin, give me an amen. Thank you, sir. I have not felt peace and we've been busy. One thing has been after another, after another. And I am normally someone that handles those things really well. I like to be busy. I like to be engaged. I handle stress very well. But the last, and particularly this week, as I kind of came into my message and, and started preparing for this Sunday, we had a lot going on, man. We've got an orchestra concert on Wednesday. We've got basketball tryouts uh, on whatever, Thursday, thank you, Nicole, for taking Keller to that. We've got small group on Thursday. We've got, you know, we're having dinner with uh, Bree and Ollie last night. I mean, it's just one thing after another. We're getting these letters out that are coming to you. We're planning rad. We've got all these things coming up. Sloan had a middle school dance on uh, Saturday, Friday night, Friday night. If you're parents and it's your first middle school dance, man, bless you, because I've experienced that. And so we had a middle school dance, and, and Sloan has been gone all weekend. So it's just one thing after another. It's busy, but it's been beyond that for me. Like, I haven't just felt peace in the things that I have to do. I felt peace in my, I, I felt turmoil and a lack of peace in my very bones, in my spirit. 
is that in the moments as I've sat down to engage with the Lord, I've been distracted, I've been anxious, I haven't been able to focus. And so this week in particular, kind of came to a point where, man, I would sit down, I'd be doing all these things and I'd open up God's word and I, I could not focus. I was thinking, Lord, what is going on? What is going on with me? Why am I struggling so much this week with peace? And so I, as, as you all should do, I told people that I know and love and that care for me, the elders, my small group, I just said, hey, here's where I am and had people pray for me. And honestly, like Shay prayed for the phone when I was driving one time. And as she was praying for me and praying for peace for me, my anxiety began to rise. I'm going to sleep at a right good time. I'm sleeping enough at night and I wake up the next morning. Shay's like, boy, you look tired. This morning as I arrive and we're setting up, Gary's in the back. He's like, hey, calm down, pastor. It's okay. So I've got this anxiety that's coming up in me. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I feel like the Lord's gonna be an opportunity to experience not having peace and a reminder of the peace of Christ that is promised through his son. And so as I've sought people this week, and I'm gonna, you know, I'll give kudos to, to Jacob Parker. Jacob prayed for me at small group. And man, like as he prayed for me, it's just he and I, and, and he prayed that the Lord's peace would come up within me and overflow. And man, I felt it. Like I felt it. I felt I needed it. My soul thirst for this peace of Christ and this lack that I've had. And so that has been what this, this week has been for me. And we all know, we all have some context of what peace means and what it looks like in our lives, right? If we're parents or we have a household, we want peace and quiet, right? If we, we want peace and quiet in our houses. If we have kids, we want a peace of mind. Like we give our kids a cell phone so that out will give us a peace of mind, right? At our house, the least peaceful time is dinner. We say, we will have a peaceful dinner by God, if you kids don't call down, we're gonna have a peaceful dinner. I had a garage sale this week and this man, his wife is calling him and they start arguing over what he's buying and he hangs up on his wife at my garage sale. Just me and him out there. It's on speakerphone. I'm like, bro, I think you need to bring her a peace offering. <laughs> right, so we all have some context of what peace looks like in our life and a desire for peace. And, and as we enter into Christmas, peace is one of the words, is one of the focuses, one of the times but if we're honest, this doesn't feel like a peaceful time. It's a mad dash. There's a lack of peace. And so what I really want us to do and look today as we look at this scripture, and we look at Mary and Joseph and this gift that is Christ. I want us to look at the peace of the world versus the peace in Christ. Because the world defines peace in a certain way. And here's how the world defines peace and what we know through Webster is peace is defined as freedom from disturbance or chaos Tranquility, a state or period where there is no war. Now, let me read this about Mary and Joseph. In Luke chapter one, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. This angel comes to meet her, tells her and, and meets with her in this moment to give her this message that she's gonna birth the Christ and be the mother of Jesus. And it says her, she is troubled. And she says, what, I wonder what kind of greeting might this be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for if you have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give you the throne of his father's David and will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
And then Matthew chapter one, this angel comes and meets Joseph in a dream. Mary has told Joseph, hey, I'm pregnant. And, and, but it's the Holy Spirit. And so I just, I imagine the part of scripture that's not, the, the part of that conversation that's not included in scripture and how that went. And Joseph being a good man in verse 19 says, because Joseph, her husband was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. On surface level, for Mary and Joseph and the, the message of this, this baby, the, con, the immaculate con, the, the conception that is within her, this baby that's gonna be born, that is not peaceful. By any sort of the world's standards, a lack of chaos, disturbance, tranquility, no war, that is not a peaceful circumstance or situation. And they don't meet the requirements that is defined by the world of what peace looks like. And you look at scripture, you look at Mary and Joseph, you look at the life of Jesus, the disciples, the apostle Paul, God's people, Moses, Abraham, they are not people of peace. They know war, they know suffering, they know death, they know persecution, they know trials, they know troubles, and there's no peace in their life. There's no lack of disturbance. It's full of disturbance. There's full of chaos. It's full of war. There's no tranquility. And the truth is this, is that the peace in the world and the peace in Christ are not the same thing. They are not they're not the same thing in the sense that they're on the opposite ends of a spectrum. They are not on the same scale. So we talk about peace in the world and we say this lack of disturbance, this lack of chaos, tranquility in my life, that is not what scripture is talking about. That is not the peace that we have in Christ. And as Ryan prayed, peace that surpasses all understanding, the world doesn't exist there's no context, there's no grid, there's no place for that. So we truly look at the Christ. We truly look at this son that was given unto us. And this prince of peace, as Shay mentioned, it's not what the world defines. And so what I want us to do here is to look at what peace in the world looks like versus what peace in Christ looks like in this message of Jesus. So the first thing I want us to look up and understand is that the peace in the world is circumstantial. Peace in Christ is transcendent. Sloan, do you see that slide, babe? Peace in the world is circumstantial. Peace in Christ is transcendent. Thank you. Can we thank Sloan for doing slides second Sunday this month? If anybody wants to serve on our tech team, uh, we have awesome spots. And if you're a middle school or high schooler, it's great. So peace in the world is circumstantial, but peace in Christ is transcendent. So peace in the world is a very simple, very logical prescription of what to do, right? If, if, if you have chaos or you have stress in your life or you're unsettled or you have anxiety or tension in your life, there's an easy prescription to change your circumstances, to remove those things. If you are stressed, what do you do? You remove the stress from your life. You make more time. If you're tense, you can go get a massage, you can go to the spa, whatever it is that relaxes you to remove that tension from your life. It's very simple. If there's a lot on you at work, 
and you're stressed out at work and you're carrying a lot home, right? You can stop by the pub on the way home, have a beer, take the edge off, right? There's all these prescriptions that we have of removing the stress from our life. It's very simple. And so we look at Mary and Joseph and the circumstances of their life as this angel comes in peace. Not that I'm prescribing to, you know, I'm saying the world. Okay, yeah, I got that. Mary and Joseph, as this angel comes, he says, do not be afraid, have peace. He is bringing a message of peace. And he's not saying, hey, we're gonna remove the circumstances in your life. You're gonna get married. We're gonna get you a nice house. No, he brings this message of this Christ that's coming in them. But peace in Christ transcends our circumstances. As Ryan prayed, Philippians 4 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. The peace of Christ that transcends all understanding will guard your, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Early in ministry, when I started uh, in ministry and I, the Lord kind of called me into ministry, I found myself early on being faced with trouble, being faced with difficulty, being faced with hard decisions, difficult circumstances, whatever it may be. And I found myself early in ministry trying to pray those things away. Like if there's a difficult cir circumstance or a conflict that was going on in the church or in the ministry, I pray, Lord, please remove this conflict. I try to pray it away, like let it not exist. I'll look the other way. Lord, you just brush it along. And what I realized early on is the Lord didn't call me into ministry to avoid these things, to avoid difficulty, to avoid turmoil, but to seek the Lord and to minister through those things. And you look at the life of Christ and Jesus never backed down from a fight. He was never afraid to walk into a really difficult circumstance. And I think that sometimes we can seek peace in the world and we can seek the Lord and say, Lord, just remove these things from my life. What we don't realize is that the Lord wants to bring his peace in us to work through those things for the sake of his glory and his kingdom. And I, I've wanted Jesus before to change my circumstances and I want to say also, that's not a wrong prayer. It's not a wrong prayer. So for you that are in a difficult circumstance or are walking through something hard, to ask the Lord to change that is not selfish and it's not wrong. But I want you to know what true peace in Christ looks like. It transcends those things. It transcends your circumstances. This word in the scripture, transcend, it transcends all understanding. In Philippians 4, it literally means to rise above or over the top, to be a covering in your life. So the peace of Christ expands every circumstance, every need, everything you're walking through. That is the gospel. That's the blood of Christ on the cross that covers every transgression that you've ever had, that you ever will have, the sins of the world. It's a love of Christ that reaches beyond every place. It's the shepherd that will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and never forsake us and never leave us. It's that the Lord and his peace and his presence of Christ is above those things. In the beginning, John 1 was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And that since the beginning of time until well after you kick the bucket here on earth, you are covered by the love 
and the peace of Jesus. And it will transcend all those things. Another truth is this, is that with peace in the world, we circumstantially react to stress. As we become stressed, we react and we seek to relieve that stress. With peace in Christ, it's something that we regular drink of that peace again and again and again. Second thing that, that the difference between peace in the world and peace in Christ is peace in the world is sold and peace in Christ is given. Sony, peace in the world is sold, peace in Christ is given. In the world, the tourism industry, and is an, in the last year, 2021, the year we're currently in, is an estimated $1.09 trillion industry. And that's coming out of a pandemic and people not traveling. Is that that's what the tourism industry is. The spa industry in 2020, during a pandemic, where a lot of people were shut down, is a $47.5 billion industry. You see, peace in the world is sold and marketed to you, and you can obtain it. You can buy it with the right price, the right money, the right schedule. You can obtain the peace of the world. It can be yours if you work hard enough, if you make the right decisions and investments. You can buy that. You can buy an island. If an island is what is gonna bring you peace, if you're gonna sit with your your toes in the water and your rear end in the sand, an island can be yours. You can purchase it and it is sold to you if you have enough money and you make the right decision. If we work hard enough, if we do the right things, we can obtain and purchase peace that the world has to offer. But let me tell you this, the peace that the world offers is a lie. It is a lie. Many times, the very thing that you're being sold is actually what is robbing you of the peace of Christ. And now let me tell you, for Thanksgiving, we went, and we, just the five of us, and we went family, we went camping. And yes, we had very chaotic times with the three of our kids in a trailer and being out, but it was a peaceful time, and we enjoyed being together in a family. And I'm not speaking against a vacation, or if you like to go to the spa, or you need to get a massage, TJ, he gives an Amen. I know TJ gets massages. I'm not saying those things are bad, but do not believe the lie that that is gonna bring you peace in your life. And don't, don't believe that lie, it is a lie. The busyness, the hurry, the grind is a lie. The list that you have will never be finished. The hurry will never slow down and the grind will wear you to a nub. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't chase after those things. Because those things are a lie that if I work hard enough, if I can just continue the grind, if I can hurry, 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 then I'm going to be good. I'm going to have enough. Don't do it. I had a friend that, a family that used to be at the vessel and they, they moved away and he had, a, he had a really good friend of his that he worked with for years and years. And this person, uh, great relationship. They worked together for 25 years. And he said, this person was like, just planning. We're going we're gonna to retire. We're going to do these things. We have all these hopes and dreams of our lives and we've got it all squared away. We've got all the money in all the right places. We've got retirement set up. It's going to be great. And so he finally retired. He retired from this industry and this business that they were in and they had this big retirement party and everybody, everyone came out. He waited for this moment to retire and he died that night went to bed that night and never woke up. That all the things that he thought 
We're going to bring him peace and joy and happiness and fulfillment in his life. He worked so hard to get them all squared away and he never woke up. And I'm not saying that retirement is bad. I'm not saying to, to desire those things are bad, but don't buy it. Don't invest in those things because the peace of Christ is different. And again, I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying don't do the things you should do. I'm not saying that don't commit deeply to your job and to your family and to the things that you have put your hands to. I'm not saying that beneficials are, that vacations aren't beneficial and great. But what I am saying, don't put your things there. Don't go after that. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So if you are a plumber or a mailman or a car salesman, work at it with all your heart as you're working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that what you will receive is an inheritance from the Lord as a reward and is the Lord Christ you are serving. Why? Because peace in Christ is given. If peace of the world is sold, peace of Christ is given. Our scripture reading from this past week, if you've been reading through our Advent reading, this past week we focused on hope. And our scripture came from Isaiah 9. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It is given. Not purchased, not bought, not earned, but given. And he will be called the prince of bingo. Peace in Christ is freely given for you. Like everything else there is with Jesus, like everything else there is with Jesus, like everything else with, there, there is with Jesus, it is given freely. Not worked for, not earned, not deserved, but freely and graciously and lovingly given to us. It is a gift to us, Christ. Mark chapter two um, says this about the Sabbath. It says, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That this idea of resting, this idea of seeking peace, this gift of peace is this ancient idea from the Lord, is this ancient thing that's been around for a long time. And, and the Sabbath is given for us. On the eve of Jesus' crucifixion, after he washes his disciples' feet, after the Last Supper, after he's betrayed by Judas, he's telling the disciples this, and he is going to the cross. There's no peace Death is coming, death, torture, conviction, humiliation is what is coming for him. And here's what he tells his disciples, John 14, peace I leave to you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That what I, this, this is not my words, this is the words of Christ. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. And this is in the next 48 hours, Jesus is gonna experience an excruciating death on a cross. He's tortured, he's murdered, he's humiliated, he's convicted. And he tells his, his disciples, peace I leave to you and peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. He's talking about peace. And the last thing is this, Sonny. Peace in the world is a distraction and peace in Christ is a priority. Awesome. And as I look back on my week and the stress that I felt this week and the lack of peace, I, I confess you, this is where my struggle lied. 
This is where I found myself. I found myself falling a victim to distraction, a victim to things of the flesh, of filling my life with things that make me feel good or make my life easy and not seeking out the Lord. And look, I, I've got a job and a requirement that, I, that Jesus is my day, right? But to truly just rest and seek the peace of Christ, this is where I felt short. I mean, I thank you that I can be a part of a church that I can stand up here and say that. So I'm not a perfect person. I'm not the perfect Christ follower. I struggle. I struggle, and this is where my struggle lied. I fell, I fell to the victim, to be a victim of the temptation of distraction. And this idea of peace being a distraction versus a priority in Christ, this is an ancient truth that God himself modeled for us. Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, right, the Lord created the heavens and earth, let there be light, day and night, land and sea, Creatures of the air, creatures of the sea, creatures of land. He created all those things. From the dust of the earth, he created man. And on the seventh day, he rested. On the seventh day, he rested. Why? Was, was God tired? No, he, he spoke it into existence. As Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, it's like waking someone up. As God created the heavens and the earth with a word, he wasn't labored. He wasn't tired. Was he bored? No. He wasn't bored with what he created. Genesis chapter two says this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And we think that the Lord never created anything on the seventh day. He did. He created rest. He created a practice and a rhythm for our life that includes peace. Peace in the world at its best. The best thing that the world can offer you in peace is a distraction. At its best, it's a distraction. It's a way for us to distract ourselves from the things around us. Uh, Shay and I were looking at social media, something, these kids, and we saw these, these, these middle school kids that are sitting in a group of circle. And man, they were just all six of them sitting in a circle, were just on their phone, just scrolling through their phone. And guess what? It's not their fault. They're, they're 11, 12 years old. They don't know any better. Does anyone, anyone fall asleep at night watching Netflix? Just me? Thank you, Ollie. I won't call you out. Don't worry. Right? If you, if you can't fall asleep at night without the TV on, guess what? You're addicted to distraction. Stop pointing at me, Shay. I know. <laughs> it used to be the office. The office is gone. Now it's Seinfeld. And we can laugh about that. But many of us never know a waking moment without distraction. To the moment we fall asleep, we've got sound, we've got noise, we've got entertainment even to the very moment we fall asleep. Luke chapter five, and you see this again and again through scripture, but it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why do people lay awake at night, flooded with thought, overwhelmed by the things of their lives? Because they don't know a moment of stillness they don't know a moment without distraction. 
and they lay their head down at night and they try to fall asleep and it all floods at once. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why? For peace, for a moment of peace, for a time of peace, to fill himself with peace. And the, here's the truth about church. If you are too busy to go to church, you are too busy not to go to church. Does that make sense? If you find yourself and say, I am too busy to go to church, that should be a warning, red light, just pass through yellow and orange, red light, you are too busy not to go to church. And I will tell you this, and I'll burst your bubble. You are not that important. You're just not. The Lord did it, God did it, Jesus did it. You are not that important. If it was a priority for Christ, it's a priority for you. It doesn't mean in our rest that we rest from Christ. It means that we rest in Christ. Does anybody feel that? Anyone go on vacation or have a moment where you've got days off from work and you're like, gosh, I haven't thought about Jesus, opened my Bible, done anything. Look, our rest and our Sabbath and those times that we get away, it's not from the Lord. We rest in the Lord. Sharon Miller said this, uh, Dustin sent me a podcast two weeks ago about peace from Matt Chandler and, and he read this quote and I thought it was really good. This is from a woman named Shannon Miller. says this, it says, for many of us, the only time we are silent is at night. That's why worry and fear mob us in the darkness. Those anxieties were with us all day, but we were too busy and distracted to search them in the company of Jesus. Psalm 46 says this, be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. God will do the work. God will fight that battle. Mark chapter four, Jesus is asleep in a boat. The winds and the waves and the seas are crashing around him. The disciples are freaking out. They wake up Jesus and he says, Peace, be still. He rebukes the wind and the wave with the word, and the word is peace, and it's settled. And that's what the Lord does in our own lives and our hearts, and that's what the peace of Christ is. When did the angel come to Mary? In the stillness and in the quiet and when she was alone. When did the peace come? When did the peace? When did the angel come to Joseph in a dream by himself? in a moment of stillness. So when we talk about peace during this time, I don't feel it either, right? I look around and I look at how busy we are and the things that we have, and I feel chaos and I feel stress. But I want you to know that what we are speaking about when we say peace, when we celebrate peace during Christmas season, it's about the truth of Christ. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you are in this room and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is what we believe is true about the Lord. It is beyond this world. It's beyond what we can gain or what we can do or what we can work towards. Is a peace that truly surpasses all understanding. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna exercise peace in this moment. Is I'm gonna close. I'm gonna sit down and we're gonna take five minutes, five whole minutes, and we're gonna sit here in peace and stillness, and in silence. Some of you are looking at me like, right? And we're not gonna have Jessica play a guitar underneath. 
Does that somehow make things more spiritual? Right? It makes us feel that way. Why? I mean, certainly there's something about music. But also, that's what we're used to. We're used to having noise. I went to a prayer gathering. I've told this story before years ago. And I went in and I sat down. And man, they prayed and they handed the microphone from pastor to pastor to pastor. And the worship team and the music played for an hour plus. And the pastors prayed one after another, louder and louder and more repetitive and more repetitive. And hear me, Lord. And right now, come in this place. Halfway through, I had to leave. I was like, this, I can't do it. There's no peace. It's chaos. So we're going to take five minutes. I'm going to pray. I'm going to open us in prayer. And I just want you to sit in the presence of the Lord. Just be still and know that he is God to let the the stress and the chaos and the worry and the fear of your heart be laid bare before the creator of the heavens and the earth that knows every hair on your head, that knit you together in your mother's womb, that's never walked somewhere that you haven't walked. And just to let it be, God, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for peace. We live in a world of chaos, of distraction, of fear, of strife, of malice, of anger, of hate, of destruction, of sin, of brokenness, of darkness. God, but you promise peace by your presence. So God, I pray right now in this moment In these moments, God, that we just sit in your presence and know that you are God, that you fight the battle, you do the work in our lives.
Let's stand together and pray. God, I thank you so much for this time of year. God, I pray for this season for us to be a season of peace, even despite busyness, despite schedules, despite events and things and parties and family. God, we pray for your spirit to be in our hearts, for your peace to exist in our lives. Your word says, blessed are the peacemakers. God, I pray that you would make us peacemakers in our lives and in our world and those around us. Love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, go in peace. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.